when I was a kid, I wanted to be a travel photographer when I grew up and now I'm a travel photographer. But I should, I should say that I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I didn't have a clear idea that I could be a travel photographer, that that was accessible to me. There were years when I wanted to be Britney Spears. There were years when I wanted to be a dog, you know? So um, there were years when I wanted to be a marine biologist. So, um, you know, I, I do think that it has all combined into my career that I have now. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. Before we get into today's conversation, I wanted to share a couple exciting developments for the podcast. We have a clubhouse room by the name of How Do You Do Pod Live, where I'll be moderating weekly panels and Q&As on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be having a mix of some of our former podcast guests as well as some new friends talking about a field that they have expertise in. So if you're on Clubhouse, make sure to follow us there. And we are now on Bunches. So Bunches is an app I recently got introduced to that consists of creators creating uh, group threads. So for example, if you have a book club, you can make a bunches and you can invite your members there and, and talk. And there are all kinds of cool different bunches. So we made a bunch, as it's called, a group chat called How Do You Do Podcast, where you're welcome to join us as we talk about things we found resonant from the latest episodes or ask questions of creators in the chat. It's just really a good opportunity to learn from fellow creatives, exchange what's working for you and hear, hear what's working for other people that might also be cool to add to your process. So check us out on Bunches, How Do You Do Podcast. And without further ado, we'll get into today's conversation with Aaron Sullivan. Aaron is a Los Angeles-based photographer passionate about the outdoors, meaningful travel, and living deliberately. You may have seen her 2019 TED Talk, Does Photographing a Moment Steal the Experience from You?, which has over one and a half million views to date. In her recent photo series, Our Great Indoors, she's recreated landscapes from common household objects in her apartment, like using broccoli as trees in a forest scene. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Erin. Thanks, Ben. Happy to be here. I am so, so excited to, to have you on. I, I don't know how I first stumbled upon Our Great Indoors, but it it's one of those rare moments where I was scrolling, 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 and it got me to just stop and look and take oh, it in and, yeah. and wonder, what is this? This is so cool, so awesome. So <laughs> it's a real treat to be able to connect with you now. Thank you. And I'd love, I'd love to start with that project of the great, Our Great Indoors. And I wanna, I'm curious, for those who aren't familiar with it, if you could briefly give a little context. And also, I'm curious like how that's fueled you creatively during the pandemic when travel photography isn't at, wasn't as feasible, hopefully getting more and more feasible as things get better. But how has that helped you creatively during this time? Yeah, sure. Uh, I love that it made you stop the scroll. That's <laughs> so part of the um, intention of it. So Our Great Indoors started as a personal photography series um, and has continued 
um, since I started it a year ago, it's a year old. So um, I started thinking when the pandemic started affecting my work, uh, how could I stay creative and how could I stay connected to travel and the outdoors? And um, it kind of took me back to childhood in a way, um, a childlike exploration of um, creativity and um, what it means to explore when you uh, can't leave your house or you know you have these restrictions in place. Um, so I decided to create outdoor scenes, like big outdoor scenes that um, looked like nature using household items. And some of them are more literal than others. Some of them are, um, you know, uh, obviously pancakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and some of them make you do a double take because you're like, that's a canyon, but it doesn't quite look like a canyon. Like, what is it really? And it makes you stop and ask um, what it is. So that's our great indoors. The canyon one is really deceiving. I encourage everyone to go check it out because if it's the canyon image, I'm thinking you used a brown lunch bag, right? Yes, exactly. It's a paper bag, but it, it <laughs> paper bag looks like Antelope Canyon. Um, yeah. It looks like it's in the Southwest. So just the way that, um, I mean, this project has taught me so much about paying attention and about light and color and detail and it's all the same principles as photography in the field or you know whatever photography you do um but you apply it to this macro world and shooting in that way it um it encourages you to uh you, you have to learn how to see again you know you have it's a relearning um and then everything starts looking different so as you picture a scene or you know uh, a vision in your head for one of these projects i'm curious how the rest of it unfolds so let's say let's we can use this antelope canyon one as an example mm -hmm. once you conceive of the idea for it um, if I were to shadow you as you're as you're making this, what would I see as you, as you're basically going through like the prep, the production, and the photography of it? What yeah. what would I see if I were right by your side as you're putting this all together? So my ideas come to me when I'm doing arbitrary things, <laughs> working out in the shower, gardening, you know, um, journaling, or just like cooking. Um, but it, I'm very visual, so the visual come to me first as, oh, it'd be cool to make a scene that looks like snowy mountains. What can I use for that? And then I start brainstorming what I could use. Um, and then I have the idea in my head, like the, the image in my head. So then I sketch it out. So I have just really um, basic sketches. Um, and from there, I'll go assemble the materials and then it's like an exploration of those materials so and I usually have to warm up a little bit like my first shots are not the ones that I end up really liking but I have to like get to know that material um and if I and, and sometimes I I mean I have a collection now of model train figures um which is what I use as the um kind of subjects I guess that are exploring the scene but um, sometimes I have to order different ones. I don't have the ones that I want. That I want. So 
that's kind of the process. And I, I usually spend anywhere from a half an hour to set hours shooting a scene, um, depending on like, you know, factors like, does it melt? <laughs> um, <laughs> does, does like time, do I have to be fast? What, you know? Um, so yeah. The way you talk about it, it sounds very natural, which I think is a credit to your talent and skill. As as somebody on the outside, it seems like photography and prop design are two separate skills. Like if somebody wanted to hire for this, usually you're hiring two separate people. I know people in the food world and the food photographer and the food stylist are usually two separate positions. Yeah. You somehow have been able to merge these different <laughs> yet somewhat related skills and do this how do you think you picked up the skill on the fly of prop design i know i know what you're saying there are some principles related to the vision you had from your photography background but it is a different skill set so i'm curious how you feel you picked up this skill as you have thank that's such a huge compliment thank you so much um i've worked with food stylists in this project um though not in the typical way that a photographer would but more so like, hey, we're in COVID, you can't come over and design <laughs> and style the food. So help, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking, speaking to the food stylist that was, uh, that works with my client, you know? Um, but I think it's really attention, paying attention. So atten a lot of attention to detail. So um, whatever, if I'm doing a commercial um, job that requires whatever product to look very specific um, and to look and feel a certain way, I have to pay as much attention to that as I do to making it look like an amazing adventurous um, scene. So it's just a lot of paying attention and a lot of um, specificity. Yeah. And um, I have more freedom, obviously, in the scenes that I create just for the project and for myself. Um, but for the more commercial stuff that I do, I really, it's, it's a lot of paying attention and a lot of asking um, really specific questions to the client for, um, you know, how, how does this need to look? Um, and sometimes they haven't even thought of it. So, <laughs> but it would have come up, you know, down the road. So. I'm glad you brought up your commercial projects. My, my first entry point into you was our great indoors and I saw your travel photography and then I realized, oh, you do, as you categorize it on your own website, it's you have travel, you have wildlife, you have commercial and personal. From a creative standpoint, have you found that you approach, um, are there any unique unique approaches to these things? Like, is there something you do for wildlife that you don't really do for your other fields, but it's kind of unique in your approach to wildlife photography or maybe the same way, but for travel or commercial? It's a good question. I think that I apply a lot of the same principles to anything that I'm shooting, um, which is a tremendous respect for whatever my subject is um, and a desire to share a story rather than um, let, my like, let my own story um, get in the way of it. You know, I, I very much see the camera as just a tool to share a story. Um, I don't even, I, I even like struggle with the word storyteller sometimes because 
I don't want to tell someone else's story. I want to help share it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not my story to tell necessarily, you know? So, yeah. um, and obviously like you're a visitor somewhere or if you are a photographer, like that's your role is a storyteller. Um, but I just think it's so important to be aware of that power dynamic, um, whatever you're photographing. So yeah, I, I just, I try to have a really intentional mindful approach, whatever I'm photographing, whether it's miniatures or human sized things. Um, yeah, this week I got to visit a friend of mine who, um, keeps bees and we, put figurines on the honeycomb and we dropped the bees onto it. So really interesting scenes with like little figurines and giant honeybees. Um, And that's like an example is um, he's so intentional with his bees. No bees were harmed in the making of the (laughs) scenes, you know, and it's very much like us asking permission from them, them sensing our energy, seeing if like, okay, it's cool that you guys are here, you know? Um, or not and like there were a couple bees that were like okay chill 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 like what are you doing because he can read them you know um he knows them really well um but they let us hang out with them for a long time um (laughs) so it's just that level of um of intention i think and of um really feeling out a situation and a location before you photograph it um and I think that applies for any genre. That makes me think of your TED Talk, the mindful approach to your photography, which I think is really unique. It sounds at first a little counterintuitive that a photographer would want to put down the <laughs> camera and just look around. Yes. But, but, but it was very compelling and it made me rethink a lot of my approach, especially when I travel somewhere. I think my first instinct is, this is so cool. Let me get a photo of this. I want to remember this forever. Right. And I think your TED Talk helped me realize, okay, wait, just give me one minute. Let's let's mentally look around. What am I even looking at? What am I even about to take a photo of? Yes. And I think that's really powerful. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you've made that shift, the benefits it's it's actually had for your own photography, and also what is it like giving a TED talk and ha- and seeing it get a million and a half plus views? I mean, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. Um, gosh, such a wild experience. Um, so the TED talk. Um, first of all, this is a fun fact that you may not know. You, as the TED talk giver, you do not choose the title of your TED talk. The TED team chooses the title of your TED talk. So, um, and I mean, you also have to memorize the entire thing. So I had it all, I knew what I was going to talk about, but I didn't know what it would be called on the website or, you know, and what we landed, what they landed on. um, And I agree with their choice is, does photographing a moment steal the experience from you? And it's a question and it's supposed to be a question. I didn't want to give the talk and be this like pretentious person who's like, everybody takes too many photos. Social media is ruining the world. Like, you know, everybody just like, stop. Uh, No, I I wanted to really pose it as a question so that everybody can examine their own relationship with it. Um, Because there are tremendous, there's tremendous value for photographing the moments in our lives. And I, I believe that sometimes that can bring us closer into the experience. I've certainly felt that way where, and 
That's a huge reason why I'm a photographer is because I want to capture and share moments of my life, moments that I've seen in the world that are powerful and meaningful. Um, and if you don't do so mindfully, you can fall into this trap of feeling like you have to take 500 pictures of the same sunset because you can never have enough or, you know, um, taking a photo just to post it on social media. Um, you know, so it was more of a phrasing a question of like, let's all just examine this a little bit because we have all this technology, which is amazing. And are we still having a rich human experience or are we letting the technology take that away from us? So that was the TED talk. And what it's like giving a TED talk is so much anxiety. <laughs> no, um, I, it, it's definitely one of the um, biggest things that, that I've ever done. I'm really proud of it. Um, I remember I got the email from them in like August, um, the invite to speak on the TED stage. Um, and then the talk was to be given in November. And just the process of writing it and having to be so intentional, even in that process, because you have to memorize every single word. So you have to be so intentional with it. So it was a journey, even, even down to that, you know, so it's a very cohesive experience in that way. Um, and I know people who um, have been triggered by the talk. Um, you know, I know people who totally agree with it. Um, I know people... Ha, some people think that it says one thing, some people think it says another thing. It's really interesting um, hearing the feedback, but overall the feedback is, oh my gosh, I've been wondering the same thing. Thank you so much. It helped me to like really look at this within myself. So it's just meant to be an invitation. Invitation accepted and enjoyed. And as somebody who back when I was a student, I think in, it was in middle school, I believe I had to, I, I was in a speech competition and I had to memorize a five minute speech, which by no means compares to being on the TED stage. But as a sixth grader, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with memorizing a speech for five minutes. Probably similar. And so <laughs> I have a lot of empathy for people who can go up in front of a large audience and not just deliver a speech, but me have it memorized. I think that's a, not only having it memorized, but then coming off gracefully. You know, it's one thing to have it memorized and give it give it in a kind sound it sounds kind of rehearsed but to actually give it and feel like oh my god this it feels like this person is just coming up with this in the moment no like obviously <laughs> they've thought about it but i i thought right. there were so many things that resonated with me from your talk a lot of which you just touched on the fact that it wasn't speaking down to people it was in, it was merely an invitation to reconsider and to think yeah reconsider and, that's yeah. a word that i really like and like, what is consideration really? I think about the difference between scrolling through your Instagram and just scrolling, scrolling and sitting in front of a painting in a museum for hours. Like, that's what it is to consider something, to really sit and like, look, you know, and there's so much to be found there. So, yeah, that was what that's what yeah. it is. And, and I think you achieved that beautifully in your photography, especially with our great indoors that was in the, in the past year that was one of the moments that i that really comes to my mind immediately when i think of what's what's something that's made me stop and think it was that it was it was that project and i continue what did it make you think about i'm so curious like what came up for you i was well first of all i think 
I, I was I was look I forget exactly which one I was looking at, but I think it was one that was a little more realistic. So I stopped and I was like, wait, this looks like somewhere, but then the I saw a figurine and I was like, hold on, I'm really confused by the, the depth like the the depth perception of this all. And then right. I clicked and I, I just wanted to see more photos of this kind. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Like how did how did she recreate like Antelope Canyon is something I've seen all over my Instagram feed to the point where I just like, you know, have just scrolled past it at this point, unfortunately. Totally. But yeah. but your version of it made me stop and go, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, okay, hold on, hold on. And she got the contours and she did this. And it's like it made me actually reconsider the destination and what makes it magical, what makes it beautiful. It's kind of like this is a weird analogy, but in the experience of learning a foreign language, I ended up looking at my own native language and learning new things and finding different meaning out of it. And I feel yeah. like I did that like with Our Great Indoors. I then looked back at destinations of the kind that you were portraying and I thought, oh, that's why this is so special. That's why yes. I, people love this and revere it and travel such great lengths to enjoy it and be physically present there is because of X, Y, and Z. Or at least that, you know, exactly. these are the things that I it's thought. It's a of. reconsideration yeah. of a real place. And one question that I get a lot is, do you, do I make scenes from places that I've been? And some of them are more inspired by places I've been, but what it's, it is more so is inspired by the way that a place made me feel. Mm -hmm. Because photography is such an amazing tool for communicating feeling. Mm. Um, so that's what I try to do. And I have, um, I'm shooting a series within the series, um, a sub series for <laughs> I, yeah, kind of, well, um, I am going to be dropping my first NFT series and, and it will be photography and it will be our great indoors, but it's very specific type of our great indoors that I'm working on right now that I'm excited about. That is very exciting. I will be following it yes. eagerly. And thank you. <laughs> real quick question before we go into rapid fire, you've worked with some awesome brands. I'm just going to name a few Airbnb, Honda, REI. You have, you have a really impressive client list. I'm curious, are there any practices that you found particularly helpful when you're collaborating with brands? Like what, what have you found are the key ingredients to a successful collaboration with a brand? Brand collaborations and client work is about relationships. So I try to get on the phone with my clients or Zoom with my clients or meet them in person when it's not a pandemic. Um, I also work with a rep now who's amazing. So we, we, we just have a team mentality. You know, we all want the same things. So, um, I mean, for, with REI, I hosted a mini series for them um, on social media and YouTube, um, which was so much fun. And it was me and a small team and we would write the script and um, collaborate with REI on that. And then we'd travel around and interview people and, um, you know, I'd have all these lines and um, you have to put the project um, ahead of your own individual uh, wants and, and needs. You have to uh, think bigger, you know, and also think about what what you're trying to accomplish with that project. So one thing that I ask my clients um, who I work with for on a photography basis is um, what do you want people to feel when they look at these images? Um, and if I can get that 
answer out of them, then that helps me a lot because I know what direction I'm going towards and I know what feelings I want to create with those images. Wow. So you can off off some words, off some adjectives, you you then can translate that into your art, into your photography. So if I tell you I, yeah, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I think that's I think that's such a skill of, of photographers yeah. and videographers yeah. and illustrators. I mean artists, right? Musicians, like think about how songwriters can make us feel stuff yeah. with notes and you know, instruments. Um I mean, one example is I, one of my clients is salt and straw and I did um, some of their flavors over the summer. We did some miniatures for, and I was talking to the head ice cream maker about the um, different flavors and what went into them. And salt and straw makes some really interesting yeah. flavors, really <laughs> unique flavors. And they're known for that, you know? So I was asking, I was like, what do you want this to like when somebody eats this ice cream, what do you want them to feel like? What do you want them to be reminded of? Because that's an art, too. And he immediately was like, oh, well, I want them to feel like they're on the beach at a bonfire with friends. Like it's nostalgic, like, you know, like they have yeah. answers for these things. Yeah. So it's about like learning to ask the right questions so that you can um, be the most successful in using your skills to, um, you know, do that job. I can only say I'm grateful that you asked the right questions because you certainly come up with the right answers. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I just want to wind down now with the fun little rapid fire questions. Firstly, Great. what's an app that you can't live without? Um, I can live without every app. Throw <laughs> away my phone. Um, but I mean, I love taking pictures of stuff. So I'll just say my camera, the, the camera on the phone. Yeah. Who would you like to play you in a movie about your life? I mean, I would, I kind of want to say Jennifer Lawrence. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one skill or ability, what would it be? I would speak every language in the world. Do you know, how many languages do you know at the moment? Like cumulatively three. All right. That's, because not, that's not a bad start. Two solidly. And then like a third of Italian and a third of Portuguese and a third of Greek. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> um, where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit? Japan. What's a song you like to jam to right now? Right now, I have been listening to a lot of Dancing in the Moonlight. Who's that by? Sorry. Top Loader, I think. Okay, cool. We have a Spotify playlist where we contribute each of our guests' song recs, so that'll go in the playlist. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, and lastly, where can people check out your work and follow you on social media? I'm Aaron Outdoors everywhere, and if people want to see our Great Indoors stuff, you can just Google our Great Indoors. But also, we have an Instagram account now where we um, feature people's work from the community because my community has participated and used the hashtag our great indoors. And so we have like a lot of really cool miniature creations that we feature on that page. Amazing. Awesome. And if people are curious about the podcast, you can check us out on Instagram at HDYD pod. Aaron, thank you so much for indulging me in your process. It was fascinating to hear. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. This was so fun. Appreciate it. I hope you found value in today's conversation. If you still haven't left your review for How Do You Do Podcast, I'm going to walk you through the process right now, and it only takes 10 seconds. First, look at your phone screen and click where it says, How Do You Do Podcast, which is in purple. And if you're not seeing this, then you're probably listening to this on a different app. So I want you to click on where it says, Listen on Apple Podcasts, and then you'll see the purple link. Click that. 
Then you'll just scroll past all the previous episodes to where it says ratings and reviews. And all you need to do is tap the star on the far right and you've left a five-star rating. I thank you in advance for taking the 10 seconds to do that. And I really, truly appreciate you listening to this episode. Thanks for sharing it with your friends and followers. And I'll see you back here next week.